0: Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. I'm always getting loads of comments and loads of questions on our YouTube videos, on my Facebook posts. And what I thought I'd do in this episode is go through some of those and answer as many questions from you, the audience, as I possibly can that we've received over the last few weeks. If you want to have any of your personal questions answered, if you want any support on challenges or questions in your property journey, then the best way to get in touch with me is through the Progressive Property Facebook page, our Progressive Property Community on Facebook. You can join that group. There's over 40,000 active property investors in there who can help and support you. Just get join the group, tag me in on a post, and I'll get back to you with the answer or you can follow the Progressive Property YouTube channel and comment under any of the YouTube videos that I put up on there. So a question from Liz Zaff is, are you taking into consideration all the things you need doing for an EPC rating of C by 2025? So when you're doing refurbishment projects, are you looking at C rated EPCs? Absolutely. Every single project that we're refurbishing right now, Any deal that we purchase, any deal that we're doing a refurb on that we bought previously, any deal we're controlling via lease options or exchange with delayed completions, we are future-proofing it. So if you're going to do work on a property anyway, then do the work to get it up to a C-rated EPC now. It will save you money in the long term. Number two, it will make sure that you get the best possible mortgage deals because there is different offers on for energy-rated C properties on mortgages. And number three, you'll get a higher rental income from a tenant for a C-rated EPC property. So yes, you should be looking at getting all properties C-rated right now. We're working through our entire portfolio. All the new properties, everything we're buying, we're typically buying E, F, and G-rated EPCs and improving them to C-rated DPC. The added value from the refurbishment, we get our money back on the refinance anyway, but it also future-proofs us so we won't be in a um, position in 2025, six, seven, eight, where, as these new rules start to come into force, where we become a motivated seller. We will be the ones ready to pick up more deals from the motivated sellers who didn't plan ahead. Next question or comment from Saeed Tagavi is, this is so true. I was the guy in the room. I am now a partner and making money with Kevin and Brian. So Saeed's talking about the portfolio that we purchased for 1.67 million pounds. And there's a video on YouTube where you can watch that called how I can make 12,000 pound a month from this below market value property. So we secured a portfolio of properties and I actually had attempted to buy it through a local estate agent and didn't get the deal. And within two days, of getting rejected on the deal. I was speaking at a progressive property event called the Multiple Streams of Property Income. By the way, if you've not attended a Multiple Streams of Property Income, you should go there, not just for the knowledge, but also the connections in the room. And one of the reasons I go to Multiple Streams of Property Income is obviously to speak there and to talk to people there, but it's the meeting of people in the room. And back in January 2022, I was standing on stage at a Multiple Streams of Property Income and I met two days after having my portfolio offer rejected sitting in the room was one of the sellers of the portfolio it was unbelievable but the guy's name is Saeed Tagavi. he's commented under my video on on YouTube confirming what had happened and he's now making money as a JV partner with us. Because I had the deal rejected through the agent, what we did then was actually work with Said and my original business partner, Brian, who I was planning to do the deal with. So instead of doing a 50-50 with Brian, we've now got a one-third share each with Saeed, allowing the property deal to happen. You can find out full detail of that on the YouTube channel. It's called how to make 12K a month from this below market value property. I bought the biggest cinema in the country so a comment from SL endeavors on the cinema project video on YouTube is I saw this and almost went for it I remember there being some issues with the car park I'd be very interested to see the outcome of this project so this is relating to a cinema project we purchased that we're going to be converting into 21 plus apartments and the car park is actually as if you look into the detail of the legal pack the car park we do not own. There's a car park directly next to the building. There's a Miner's Welfare next to the building that many people believe own the car park because it's pay and display. However, the Miner's Welfare and the cinema, neither of them own it. Both buildings have got basically use of that car park. It's not owned by anybody. It's not registered at Land Registry. It is unregistered land. And me, the owner of the cinema now, or any occupiers of the cinema, have got right to use that car park. Now, if somebody missed that in the auction pack, didn't get a legal team to look clearly at the detail, they might have not gone for a project that has phenomenal car parking ability, and that's within a two-minute walk of the local train station, and this is the key to understanding what you are buying and knowing the outcomes before you actually go into the deal. Next comment is from Jaden Munton, who said, an admirable presenter, I think you mean me, Jaden, um, you keep calm and collected when confronted with damage to the house and your humour made this a very enjoyable watch. Um, as an ex-estate agent and e student, I would love to shadow you for a day or two. This is relating to a video I put on YouTube about my tenants' trash in my house again. So we've had a few tenant trashes of properties in the last few months. However, um, when I say a few, we've had three in total. Most of them weren't tenants'. Most of them were either tenants or tenant guests. Some were just a little bit of damage, some were more significant damage. The reality is with 300 plus tenants, you are going to get, if you've got three damages, anybody starting out in property seeing three videos of tenant damage will go, oh my God, three tenant damage videos. It actually means that 297 tenants have not damaged our houses. It is a very, very small percentage um, 1% of properties getting damaged. Now, that's the, the power of scaling a large property business you will always have some damage. You need to budget for maintenance and repairs in your property business, no matter how good you are at referencing. So you will always have somebody slip through that net. There's, any good tenant has the potential to turn bad. I got a lot of hate on this video saying, oh, you're a terrible property manager, how could you let people like that move into your house, etc." as well as a many people saying that tenants are terrible, etc. The reality is most tenants are brilliant, And no, I'm not a terrible property manager. I've just got a flipping big property business. Mark Turner has said, You look like Father Bekoa from The Last Kingdom Netflix. Um, I had to Google who Father Bekoa was because I've no idea, or had no idea, what The Last Kingdom on Netflix is. If you're listening to this and you know more about television, and famous actors than you do about property, maybe you should change what you do with your time. However, I'd just like to say, Mark Turner, thank you for the compliment. And I mean that with all sincerity because I had a look and at the images of Father Bekoa and he's significantly older than me. And if I look that handsome when I'm older, I'd be very, very happy. I'll have improved with age and I've been called a hell of a lot worse. So appreciate the comment. Oh, Mr. No Name says, I hope rents in the UK doubles, triples or quadruples so horrible tenants are forced to pay what they cause the other people's properties. Um, I would respectfully disagree because here's the thing about 1% of our tenants are bad. The rest of them are very, very good. I don't want rents to double, triple or quadruple in the UK because that would impact massively on all of our good tenants. Rents really should be in just affordable and in line with normal rental markets. Now, the government are forcing rents up, not landlords. Here's why, because with all of the tax changes and all of the um, pressure they're putting on landlords with difficult laws, there's less and less investors doing property. More professionals are doing more deals and less amateurs are getting started in the business because they get worried by media fear-mongering and not actually see the potential in property. However, If landlords were allowed to provide more homes, if there was more incentives to deliver more homes, more properties would mean rents would reduce. The challenge right now is there's there's not enough property stock. We're not building enough homes, we're not developing enough homes, we're not improving enough homes, which means good quality housing stock is at a shortage which is forcing rents up. I don't want rents to double, triple or quadruple. I want more availability of stock more property availability if there's more stock available house prices will come down and rents will come down but the problem with the government is they're trying to appease the media and trying to do vote winning by making it more difficult to invest in property which then means the amateurs quit the professionals will still continue to do deals because we're trained we're educated we know what we're doing but the amateur who's maybe you know listened to a book or read a book or um what listens to the media too much will be put off investing because they don't really know what they're doing because they've not educated themselves, and that's the reason rents are going up. Uh, higher rents will not protect against horrible tenants, higher rents will impact the good tenants. The horrible tenants, whether the rents are low or high, they're still going to trash your house. They're still not going to pay. The cost of the rent doesn't matter to a horrible tenant that's not paying. The cost of the rent makes it difficult on the good tenants. So I actually want rents to come down and have a more stable property market where it's affordable and can be run as a decent business, but helping people provide good homes for them. Alan Emma said, is the tenants still staying at the property or did you kick them out on the trashed house? So the video was done after the tenants were kicked out of the property. Now, when I say kicked out, they, they left. We didn't kick them out. That would, if you visualize a kick, that's not exactly what you would do to tenants, but I know what you mean. Now, had the tenants left of their own accord, had they not left, we would have had to go through court to remove the tenants. It is something we would have took at the approach of doing because they weren't looking after the property and treating it as a home comment from Chris J on a video we did on YouTube about why should you should never pay off your mortgage early um, he says, this is coming from a man. So this is a video by Mark Homer. He says, the co-founder of Progressive. And Chris says to Mark, this is coming from a man who thinks mortgage rates will not rise over 1% in 2022. Well done, Progressive. Now, Chris is rel- referring to Mark Homer's predictions in 2022 about w- at the January, about where the property market was gonna go and where interest rates were gonna go. Chris, we do not have a crystal ball. Mark Homer does not have a crystal ball. Mark Homer did not have a hotline to Vladimir Putin to discuss with him what he was planning for 2022 when he mentioned where interest rates would go in 2022. Here is the thing though. We need as professional property investors to be able to adapt and roll with the punches. If me and you had a conversation, Chris, in January 2022, you or me would not have predicted where interest rates were gonna go. We would not have predicted a war in Europe we would not have predicted the energy crisis nobody could because nobody knew what was in Putin's mind and what has the impact that would have across the economy nobody knew if the the pandemic was going to you know blow up again or not what would happen with that so when you make a prediction, the whole point of a prediction is it is a prediction. It is not a guarantee. Right? We do not work for the Bank of England. We are not the president of a country or the prime minister of a country. We do not incl- in, um, have any say in tax changes, tax laws, government. We do not have any say in whether a country invades another country or not. What we can do is give a prediction based on where we are at at that moment in time. By the way, Mark Holmes is going to be doing predictions for where he thinks property markets going to go in 2023 that is coming soon so keep an eye out make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss that episode let's see if he's right or wrong he might have been wrong about where interest rates would go but he has been right about hundreds of other stuff over the last 10 years which has allowed him to build up a multi multi multi-million pound portfolio think worth in excess of 50 million pounds now and he's advised me as my mentor on how I've built up a 10 million pound plus portfolio on the back of that. By following the successful, do I expect him to be right every single time? No, but I expect him to be able to advise me when he is wrong or when something is wrong on how to adapt and change to roll with the punches. If you are sitting back expecting to know everything and only take an action after the occurrence of the event, you'll have missed the biggest opportunity to make money. And the title of this video wasn't about where would interest rates go. The title was why you should never pay your mortgage off early. No matter what interest rates are at, the fundamental of should you pay your mortgage off early or not is still the same. Your residential family home, some people say pay their mortgage off. It depends. But maybe you've got a partner who is very risk averse. I've met people who've said so long as their partner is happy that their mortgage is paid off, they can play with buy-to-let investment and other properties all they like so long as their family home is secured my opinion is if i can get a residential family home mortgage at a very low interest rate as opposed to a significantly higher interest rate on a buy-to-let why would i pay off my family home where i can borrow money cheaply and then keep a mortgage on a buy-to-let property it would be much smarter to maybe have the buy-to-let property mortgage free and the family home mortgage to a hilt it's all about the cost of finance. Do you understand borrowing? Do you, are you um, leveraged at the right level? It's not about having no debt, it's about m- borrowing money in the cheapest possible way and what you use that money for. So you could pay off your family home mortgage and have no debt on it, or you could borrow money against your family home and invest it into assets that created an income and that income allowed you to make the payments on your family home. What is your property plan? Another comment on my cinema project from Shazon YouTube saying such a brave move. Shazon we'll soon find out if it was a brave move or a stupid move. I'll be doing updates on that project on the Progressive Property YouTube throughout 2023. And I will let you know. I would say it could cause my hair to fall out, but it's already fell out. Chris Turner says, as a developer with an architectural background and experience of old building conversions, I would suggest you seriously look at demolition and rebuild at those figures. Retain the facade if you feel it has any merit, which is questionable in my honest opinion. So, Chris, on the project, the council, it needs planning, but the council sold the building and I've spoke to them before purchasing, it is not a listed building, but it is a building of significant interest of the local community. The facade has to be kept anyway. However, the structure of the building, the internals of the building, the layout, the number of exits, etc. I've been through it with my architects and my designers, and it just makes financial sense to keep the building as it is because most of it. Um, pretty much over one half of the building is already the perfect layout for apartments. It's more of a, a refurb, fitting new kitchens, bathrooms, past plastering, repainting than actually a full conversion. So knocking it to the ground, cost of the demolition, the rebuild costs would be significantly more than retaining the current building and just refurbishing it based on the numbers we have done. We shall find out though in the coming months if I am right or you are right, Chris. Fabian Diaz says, you are a superb guy, I wanna be like you. Fabian, try telling that to my wife. My wife will verify that you probably do not want to be like me. Lucas Desparrow has commented saying, £550 for a two bed house, WTF? Few question marks. London, for £550 you can rent a cupboard if you're lucky. True Lucas, but you will pay more for rent in London but it's all relative. You'll pay more for rent, but you'll also pay more on the purchase price. So the person who's buying the property has to pay more money to buy the property, so rents are higher. In the north of England, it's cheaper to buy the property, but rents are cheaper. It's all very, very relative. The other thing is wages are higher in London, wages are lower in the north. Now, yes, you could look at yield and say yields will work better in the north than in the south, however, You could do a refurb in the north of England where you add kitchens, bathrooms, paint, decorating and it might add 10 to 15 to 20, 25 grand to the value of the house. You do the same like for like refurb on a property in London and you'll add 50, 60, 70, 80 grand to the value of the house. So it is all swings and roundabouts. It is not about is one area better than another area. Everybody should be investing in their local area because that's the area they know best. And then using the techniques and strategies that work best in their local area. So Steve Hand has commented on Mark Homer's video on YouTube about rents are about to hit an all-time high. And Steve just says, greed. Well, Steve, it's not actually about greed. It's about supply and demand. The government, the media, are the reason that rents are going up, not landlords. Okay, very easy to landlord bash and hop on the media without understanding the economy. The last time I checked, Steve, bread is more expensive, butter is more expensive, milk is more expensive, petrol is more expensive, diesel is more expensive, your heating of your house is more expensive. I guess that's all the landlord's fault, too. No, it's not, Steve. That's called inflation, that's called government decisions, that's called economics. That is called um, external factors such as wars that push everything up. And because of all of that, rents will also go up. And here's why, not because landlords are putting rents up, it's because of supply and demand. Because if the government are not incentivizing house building, if they're not given opportunities and de- for developers to build more homes, for investors to do more projects, if there's more projects done and by the way the government are not doing them you could say get rid of landlords you're totally missing the point steve if we get rid of all landlords there will be less properties available there will be so less good quality accommodation available social housing most of them are absolutely shit condition they're damp dingy uncared for unlooked after my local council i've mentioned in this video already and this podcast about the cinema project we bought well we bought it from the local council the council owned that building for over 10 years they've not done anything with it they've left it sitting empty I'm going to turn it into 21 residential units providing C-plus rated energy performing homes for people in the local area. That's not going to increase the rent, Steve. That's going to reduce the rents in the local area because it's going to help with the supply and demand issue. Now, you could say, get rid of landlords. Well, if you left it to the local council, they had 10 years of ownership of that building and did not do anything with it. They didn't do it up. They didn't bring it into use. No. Oh, and by the way, They've got about 300 plus empty homes just in our council. Now, we're a 42,000 house area and there's over 300 empty homes owned by the council. They're not bringing them back into you, Steve. No, they're leaving them sitting empty. 300 properties that could help solve the housing crisis, but you wanna get rid of the private landlord, the private investor, because you say the private investor is greedy. No, Steve, I totally and respectfully Disagree with you because if the government incentivized landlords to bring those properties back into use That would be another 300 homes that would help reduce the cost of rents in the local area and reduce the cost of property in the local area because it's all about supply and demand You're hoping and wishing that the government solve the problem. They are sitting on the answer, Steve. They're not refurbishing their own houses. There is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of properties sitting empty across the UK. I mean hundreds of thousands of them, Steve, sitting empty across the UK that the government have control of, the local councils have control of, and they are not bringing them back into use. They don't have the money to, they don't have the funding to, and it is not going to happen, Steve. The only people that will are landlords. It is not greed, it is solving the housing crisis. We can agree or disagree. Harper07 Harper says, the tenant buyer scenario, if they have 6K deposit for a 200K house, for example, how much money do they pay monthly? So... They'll pay the normal market rent or an agreed market rent, plus they'll pay an extra bit of money every month to help them save up their deposit to buy the house. If it's a 200 grand house, they need a 10% deposit, which is 20 grand. If they pay 6K upfront, then they need to pay an additional 14K um, as extra money upfront. If they can afford 100 pound a month, then it'd be 100 pound a month until they save up 14K. It depends on how much they can afford to pay monthly, how long that contract would be. Um, Nightmare tenants from hell. So JD says, would the former tenant be responsible for the 25K refurbishment cost? No, they wouldn't. The former tenant would have put a deposit down on the property and they would lose their deposit as part of the refurbishment. You can't really do a huge amount else with the tenant. You could try and take them to court, put a money claim in, etc. But the reality is their damage was not the 25K. Their damage was probably a few thousand, but I'm using the opportunity while the house needs doing refurbishment anyway to do a full refurb which will cost about 25k. That means replastering it, repainting it, new carpets, etc. Some of that is tenant damage, but a lot of it is just improving the property. I'm also bringing it up to a C rated energy performance certificate which is future-proofing it for the future. So no the tenant wouldn't be responsible, but they are responsible for some. Carl says, love the videos from a starter who knows nothing yet. Carl, good stuff. Glad you're enjoying it and hopefully see you at one of our events in the near future. Music lover says on my video about tenants from hell, you are a landlord. You just hand over the responsibility to someone else to take care of your property and collect your rent and their fee. Well, no, that's an investor, Music lover, A landlord is somebody who manages their own properties. I'm not a landlord, by the way. I'm an investor. I hand over the properties to a letting agency to manage my portfolio. It just happens that I'm not also just an investor, I'm a business owner. So I own a number of different businesses. One of them happens to be an in-house letting agency. That letting's business manages the property and they collect the rent, they take their fee, who happens to be me getting my own fee from myself because I've got multiple businesses under the same model. However, You could say, well, the letting agency is pretty shit Then, if they allowed the property to get trashed. No, because we have over 300 tenancies just in my personal properties. And we've got other tenancies that we manage for other landlords. And the amount of properties that got damaged in 2022 was three. It's a tiny, tiny percentage of the entire overall portfolio. It's a cost of business. Jordan says, I understand that when you have a buy-to-let house, you only have an interest-only mortgage, which would bring in a good monthly income. But doing that, you would never pay off the house. Therefore, it's never yours, surely. Jordan, when you buy a property, even as a family home and you've got a mortgage, the bank or the true owner. A mortgage, by the way, is a French word. It stands for till death. Most people that buy a residential family home, they pay that mortgage out of earned income from a job. They pay it for 30, 35 years. Banks are even introducing 50 year mortgages now, where most people will be retired or dead before it's paid off. The reality Jordan is, is with a buy to let property, you put it on an interest only mortgage, you actually want there to be debt when you die. Because the buy to let mortgage, interest only, is been paid for by tenants not by your earned income in a job. If you paid those mortgages off, you would be hit with a massive inheritance tax bill. So if you pay the mortgages off, let's say you had one property worth 100 grand and no debt on it. If that property went up in value by 20%, that 100 grand house would be worth 120 grand. If you took the same 100 grand property and you took 75 grand out of the property as money, and you put it down as three deposits on three other 100 grand houses, so you got now four houses, 75 grand mortgage on each one. If each property goes up 20%, that's 20 grand on each house. That's 80,000 pound of value equity added to your portfolio. So one property, unleveraged, will give you 20 grand increase at 20%, but spreading that money out by borrowing against the houses A 20% increase on each property will give you an 80 grand increase. You're also making the monthly rental income on four houses instead of on one house. Plus, if you had one property and you retire mortgage-free on that property and then you pass away and leave this planet, which by the way, that's gonna happen for every one of us, then you leave your family with a massive inheritance tax bill. But if you have got debt on the properties, then that reduces the inheritance tax. You can enjoy the money while you're alive. There's so many advantages to having debt against properties. The richest people on this planet are those with the most debt. Poor people spend their time trying to save money and reduce debt. Wealthy people understand the value of debt. So Amy P has said, do you use repayment mortgages instead of interest-only mortgages? If you do, is that due to the size of your portfolio? I always use interest-only mortgages. The reason we use interest-only mortgages is exactly because of the question that Jordan asked a moment ago. So Amy, interest-only mortgages due to the fact that we know that over time, those mortgages are gonna be paid down by inflation. The value of that debt, in the next 20, 30 years is going to be significantly less because inflation is burning it and we get to benefit from the cash flow today and it massively reduces our inheritance tax bill. Making an infinite return from this below market value property. So Edward says, um, what if you can't get the stench out though? You'll have to tear the whole thing down. So this is the regards of property that will absolutely stank. So Edward, with any property, when you do a refurbishment, if you go back to brick, you replaster it, you repaint it, you put new carpets in, you'll always get the stench out. Um, so you'd never have to tear the whole property down. You will get the stench out and get some big money made. So Guyana Gold has said on renovating an abandoned house to make a massive profit, these figures seem a little on the lean side. In the current market, it's hard to see how you can refurbish this big, can cost 30K. You can, can't even get tradesmen for under 200 pound per day. I'd say minimum 50K for that. So Guyana, thank you for the feedback, but it didn't cost us 50K. I'm the one that spent the money, so I know, I know what I spent. I'm, I don't know what part of the country you live in, if you live in the south of England, then the refurb cost is going to be more but on the upside, the end value is going to be more. This property is in the north um, um, North Midlands so not northeast but the Midlands but the north of the Midlands. And the refurb cost, the labor costs are less than £200 a day. The cost of materials, we get discounts on because we're part of the LNPG, the Landlords National Property Group. So it's a discount club for landlords where we can control our refurb costs. We also grab bargains. We're always looking in shops for bargains, for materials, and we keep our costs down. Now, 30K for a refurb. If you're doing a completely complete refurb from top to bottom, it's actually more beneficial because you're future-proofing that property than if you're doing a partial refurb. Sometimes when you paint and decorate, you're painting over problems. But if you go back to brick, you can see all of the problems and you can do a better refurb. And because the builders have just got a blank canvas to work with, they can do things quicker and not having to use as much material. Quite often the labour cost comes from patchwork where they're working around things and it takes more time than if they're actually just re-plasterboarding an entire house and plasterboarding the entire thing. They can move quicker, they're not trying to patch stuff in, and you save a lot of time on labour. So Borklo has commented on my video about is no money down possible. He said, I met this guy in Peterborough, he means me, on the 19th of August to the 21st of August and I learned something valuable. I learned that it's possible and even if I make proper money out of this, I can live comfortably in the end. And my message to Kevin is, if I make a profit from my strategy, can I join you in your Porsche Taycan whilst getting an Americano? Uh, what well, Borklo, here's what I'll do for you. If you can get yourself out of your job in 2023, if you can come and show me those figures, I'll buy you the Americano but I won't let you drive the Taycan but I will take you for a spin in it. Biffcha has asked, hi Kevin, as a first time, can I buy a buy-to-let with a 10% deposit? No, you can buy a residential home with a 10% deposit, but buy-to-let property investing, we will be looking at 80 to 85% mortgages, so looking at 20 to 25% deposits. Now, what you should be doing is buying cash, whether that be bridging finance, private investor finance, or a joint venture partner, or you're, if you're lucky enough, your own cash, You buy cash, you refurbish to add value, you rent it out and then you refinance it at the higher value, pulling out your original investment money and then recycle it and do the same thing over and over again. If you are trying to buy property and you're leaving the deposit pots in, then you're gonna run out of money very quickly and you're gonna get stuck. You gotta do things differently. You don't even need 10% deposits. You could do creative property techniques. You could do things like rent to rent that would allow you to create the cash and then use that cash to as your deposits to buy you could do things like lease option agreements especially in 2023 lease options are going to be massive as people go into negative equity you can take control instead of buying your own mortgage you could take control of somebody else's mortgage for as little as a pound plus some legal fees You could do things like assisted sales to build up deposit pots to buy. So you refurbish and sell a house without even buying it and then use that money as your deposit to keep the next one. So sell one to keep one. Many different ways that you can do property. But if you're trying to save up a deposit to buy a house, Ginty, my question would always be, what are you going to do once you've done the first one? Because you're still going to be stuck. You need a better property plan. Okay, so they are just some of the questions I've had from the community in the last few weeks. If you've enjoyed this, then send your questions in. Go to the Progressive Property community on Facebook. There's over 40,000 people in there. Post in some questions, tag me in, or go to the Progressive Property YouTube channel. Watch some of the videos of some of the projects we've done this year and comment under the videos. I'll pick up your questions and I'll do another episode on answering your questions for you. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. I'll see you next week.